So episode seven. Yeah, um, we're doing a midweek. Midweek. Uh, we might start just doing this from now on. Yeah, we maybe stay up to date. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just want to make it very clear: this is not going to be a financial podcast. Um, but there's there's been big news this week. First, we talk about FTX and job searching. Yeah. Now we talk about freaking Silicon Valley Bank. Yeah, but um, you were watching a video before we started this podcast. You want to explain the? Not really. It was just. I think you should explain it to the viewers. It was just an. It was like on uh, public freakout. It was like some some asshole streamer was going around bullying people, I guess, and then uh, started using the mace spray. Yeah. And kicked someone in the head or some shit. Wow. Yeah, it was just like, and it was like no good ending of him getting like you know. No good ending, huh? It wasn't like a. Seems like something that should be illegal, huh? It is though, right? Yeah. I think what he should do, though, to make it not illegal is go to Washington and lobby the frick out of every single legislator to make it legal. Oh, you're going to use this to segue into our topic today. Uh, Basically, um, <clears throat> there's a huge bank. Uh, well, they're not a huge bank. They're a regional bank. And it's it's kind of in the um, startup community is well regarded and recognized as a necessary bank. Is it Wells Fargo? No. Bank um, of America? No, it's not. It's It was Silicon Valley Bank. Uh, it no longer... No longer exists. So what 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 I'm gonna do? Okay, I I think everybody has read or has seen some sort of summary of what has happened. I'm gonna give my summary of what's happened, and then we're gonna talk about it. Do you have insider information here? Um, I know I personally know someone who actually did work at Silicon Valley Bank, and they did leave. Um, actually at the, at the very beginning of March or at the very end of February, like two weeks ago, they legit left. And then this happened like almost immediately after they left. Insider trading going on here or <laughs> no, <laughs> just no. luck. No, I honestly, well, I, I will say his, he didn't have any information that the public didn't have. He just, he listened to the earnings call. And he felt that something was off. He said that the CEO seemed a little bit not really confident in what he was saying to the investors. That's that's the best that's the best take that I can that I can give. But no, this person is very honest. This person is one of those, um, you know, doesn't really want to, you know. <laughs> do they make bread by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> they do make bread. Um, <laughs> Anyway, um, so here, here's, here's, here's a little bit of a history, okay? Um, like I said, Silicon Valley Bank was started as a bank for, um, to help facilitate venture capitalists funding startups. So if you're a startup, you get money from a venture capitalist, usually you need to put that capital somewhere, right? I raised $100,000. I, I can't just like, I can go to Wells Fargo and do that. But the way that I use the money is different than your typical Wells Fargo customer. What's the difference? Um, so the difference is just that like Wells Fargo will take your money. And, you know, this is a good segue into my next point. Um, so they would take money. So Wells Fargo would take money from someone like you and me, right? But they would take money from many, many people. And in order to make money as a company, right, in order to run as a company, they have to use that money in order to grow, right? Or else they would just be paying, like, where would they get the money to pay, like, for their buildings? Where would they get the money to pay for their staff? All of that jazz. So usually a, comp- uh, a bank like Wells Fargo will go and invest, you know, normally in mortgages or something like that. The more, the, like, the, they would lend out money to other people and they would charge interest and that's how they would make money, all right? Silicon Valley Bank was a little bit different in that they took money from VCs and or or like startups and then they would invest it in startups. 
And instead of getting, instead of using charging interest, they would give either 0% interest or very, very, very low interest loans. But the way that they would make money is that they would require that these startups give them a, a portion of their company, right? So I think in their early days, it was like it, it could have gone up to 40%. But then as time went on and became more successful, I think it was like 7% was like the standard, right? So if I'm a company, my company's worth $1 million. I'm banking with Silicon Valley Bank. I owe them 7% once I exit, once I get acquired or once I IPO or whatever, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, cool. So, um, why don't regular banks just do that also? Seems kind of, oh, well, it's okay. a little, it's a little bit yeah. different. I mean, startups, startups are a little bit riskier, right? Like a mortgage is seen as a generally, or has been seen as a generally safer investment um, because they normally, your average, like, you know, that's why they, they, they go through, that's why you have to go all the, through all those hoops when you get a mortgage because they want to make sure you're going to pay it. Right. So mortgages are a little bit less risky. A startup is, you know, you don't know if a startup is going to succeed all the time, but they would do the same due diligence with startups, right? Like if I had a startup that sold farts in a jar, they wouldn't give me money. If I had a startup that's going to revolutionize healthcare or something like that, they probably- Farts in a jar. Farts in a jar. Oh. Like I take a jar (laughs) or a farce in a jar, like a, like a, you know, like they probably didn't invest in Board Ape Yacht Club. Or NFTs or whatever. <laughs> anyway, um, so when the pandemic hit, okay, there was a large surplus of cash to the point that they didn't know what to do with it. VCs are giving them cash. The companies are not spending as much, okay, either because their costs became less as remote work became a reality or something like that. So they had all this cash, okay? And the right thing to do, okay, would probably have been to tell the VCs, the venture capitalists who are giving them cash, take your cash back. We don't need it. We, we have enough cash right now. We have a surplus. Take some of your cash back. But my question is, sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. A really please, stupid question. please. Uh, why, were, why, why were VCs giving them cash in the first place again? So... Again, the, the VCs would, their main customers were VCs and startups, okay? Just like Wells Fargo's main customers are people like you and me who make normal direct deposits and people who are, who have a mortgage, right? Let's say, let's say you put $100,000 in a Wells Fargo bank account, okay? okay? And 10 other people put $100,000. So you 10 are the depositors, you deposited money into Wells Fargo, okay? I, one person looking to buy a home, but I don't have a million dollars right now. I don't have the cash. I go to Wells Fargo and I apply for a mortgage. Wells Fargo gives me the money to buy the house in the form of a mortgage. They say, we're going to take the $1 million that Hamid and the ten other and the nine other customers have deposited. We're going to use that to buy the home on the condition that you pay us back. Okay? As time goes on, obviously, that risk is spread out. And normally, your money's safe, right? That's, you know, kind of what happened in 2008 is that the mortgages that they were getting, that they were giving were subprime. They weren't vetting people. They were giving, I don't know if you've seen the big short, but like yeah. they, they were basically giving mortgages to people's dogs. You know, there were instances of that. But this isn't that level of, malpractice. So the VCs are kind of the depositors, the ones who are giving money and and startups as well, because startups would get the money from the VCs. They would make money and then they would give, you know, they would also deposit money in order to, and, and Silicon Valley Bank would provide things like payroll services, um, you know, and, and, and things like that. Okay. So like I said, during the pandemic, they had a large surplus of cash. Um, and what happened is, you know, the responsible thing would have been to say, we have all this cash. Here you go. Take, take the money back. VCs, we, we, this is not the right place for this money right now. But what they did instead is they decide to buy 
mortgage-backed securities, right? Some of which were, um, you know, hold to maturity mortgages, and some were available to sell right now maturity. So hold to maturity bonds are basically, if you have a 10-year bond, you have to hold on to it for 10 years before selling it, okay? We're not worried about that right now. What we're worried about is the able to sell right now bonds, okay? They bought an amount that essentially they didn't, at a portion they didn't buy before, okay? And the problem with that is when they did that, they essentially were putting all their eggs in one basket by saying, we think that this asset is going to grow in value over time. If you're unfamiliar with what interest rates were at the time, which are you know, tied to your mortgage-backed security, <laughs> um, interest rates were historically low at the time. They were close to zero. So people were buying homes and interest rates were very low. Unfortunately, the price of the uh, securities are inversely related to the direction that interest rates move after you buy them, after you buy the security. So as interest rates started going back up, the yield of the security goes down. Essentially, all you have to know is they bought a product at a time where there was nowhere for the interest rate to move in order for that product to become more valuable over time. So what you were telling me, essentially, mm. they bought high yeah, and they were forced to sell low. So that's the part that I'm going to get to right now. <laughs> At the end of 2022, okay, because interest rates were so high and a lot of these companies started building products and started hiring and, and, and all that jazz, the burn rate, which is the, the rate by which the startups will spend money, okay, was increasing and they needed to sell some of these mortgage bonds, some of these bonds, in order to raise capital to cover, to, you know, to, to basically have the money to keep up with the burn rate. Okay? I'm obviously oversimplifying things, but this is my understanding of what happened. And I'm just explaining everything for the discussion we're going to have, you know, in the second part of this, Okay. Like I said, they basically bought high. That's a good way to put it. They bought high and it wasn't they sold low, but they bought high and it didn't have enough time to become valuable enough to, for them to profit when they needed to sell it. But they had no other choice. Okay. So what happened is they took basically a $2 billion loss. Oh, yeah. And, and keep in mind, for this bank, they had $209 billion in assets. All right. So two, a $2 billion loss is significant, but like, it's, not like, it's not like they lost all their money. Okay? They, took, they, they had to take a $2 billion L. And in order to make up for that, okay, they had to do what is called diluting their shares which is essentially they needed to dump stock in order to raise the capital. They needed $2 billion worth of stock in order to raise the capital to cover that loss. When they do that, they have to disclose that. And when so what, they, what exactly were they like, you, you say they were selling capital. What exactly were they selling? What do you mean? What do you mean? What, what, do, you, what do you mean? They were dumping capital. No, no, not capital. They're stock. Mm. So their stock, right? So so obviously Silicon Valley Bank owns the majority of their own stock, right? Oh, it's okay, not a okay. person, it's the company. And the company made the decision, hey, we need $2 billion. Their stock was worth like 200 around $200 at the time. But by selling it, the, the stock would go down, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So the they had to disclose this. The people, the VCs, basically their customers, who by the way, have a relationship with the startups, obviously, because that's where the startups are getting their money from, right? So so the startups weren't directly linked. It, it was... So it's like, I'm a VC, 
Okay. I put a billion dollars into Silicon Valley Bank. I say Silicon Valley Bank, here's two here's two billion dollars. Similar how you would do direct deposit, but it's like maybe a one time deposit. Okay. Or maybe they agree that it's like, you know, twice a year. Like I put five hundred million dollars every six months, for example, right? Whatever. Um and then Silicon Valley Bank would be like, okay, thank you, Bucko. We're gonna take that money and we're gonna give loans to startups that we think are going to be profitable. And that's how Silicon Valley Bank makes money. Okay, okay. Now, now instead of giving a loan that has an interest rate, they would say, you know, hey, startup XYZ, you guys need $1 billion. I have a billion dollars for you, but it's going to cost you 7% of your company. And then company XYZ would go build a product. And however valuable company XYZ would become over time, I own 7% of that product. Okay. Right? Okay. So when they told the VCs this, right, they would say, like, the VCs were like, this is bad. This doesn't look good. Because at the same, on the same day, there was, like, another crypto bank, but unrelated, called, like, Silver something. So I was, I was going to say Silver so Creek. Isn't it Silverstone? Silverstone? Silverstone, yeah. So I was going to say Silver Creek, but that's, like, I think that's a casino, so. <laughs> no, that's Cash Creek. Oh, Cash Creek Casino. Um, yeah, so... The VCs told their um, told the startups, you know, if they had a relationship with them, they would say, "Hey, I think it's time for you to pull your money out of SVB because I don't think they're gonna, I don't think they have the capital to cover your, you know, they don't have the capital. So you might as well get your money out right now. And if they don't have the capital right now, they're not gonna have the capital once other people find out about this did, news. Did uh, SVB not communicate that to like?" So that's the thing. At the SVB, my friends and I have a running joke about a uh, messaging issue because I like I've come to realize that you know they're they're kind of right about this. They say like Democrats have a messaging issue, right? And I initially disagreed with them because I said like, you know, <laughs> no matter what their messaging is, Republicans are always going to oppose them, right? But I, as the years have gone on, when I saw Nancy Pelosi kneeling in the rotunda wearing a, like a, like a Congolese, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that? yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, the they have a messaging stuff. issue. So th- this was this was a prime example of a messaging issue, right? They didn't disclose that they took a two billion dollar L because they didn't have to. Okay, and I'm gonna get to that in a moment. They did have to disclose that they're gonna dilute their stock. And the disconnect between event A and event B, that gap of knowledge caused a panic, and it's referred to as a contagion. It's basically, by the way, you said you just saw that movie? Dude, yeah. really good movie. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I'm happy that Gwyneth Paltrow was the... the oh my yeah, God. I'm so happy dude, she's that she was the bitch in that movie. <laughs> also, the, the freaking chef not cleaning his hands. Bro... This is so off track. Yeah, I don't know. This went like, it was like almost one in one. Yeah. One to o- one with the, what happened during the 2020. The only thing different between that movie and the COVID pandemic is, COVID pandemic, as if there's another pandemic, between that and COVID is the people were actually scared. Whereas during COVID, you had these people going out like, I'm not scared. I'm not wearing a freaking mask. Also, I'm going to Sturgis back rally. Another thing is, is that like, um, the people there was only one main guy that was being like super anti-vax and basically oh, Jude, trying the to Jude do, Law yeah, guy trying to like, do the hey. whole ivermectin thing well, yeah Iverme- yeah what, what was the eh, frick uh it was something farm forsythia something forsythia no no but yeah no it was it was a pretty good like it it was like 90% it's crazy spot how many on. like they had so many a-listers and so many of them just died like in the beginning yeah bro but I think we can both agree. Screw, screw Gwyneth Paltrow. Anyway, um, so th- this thing called the contagion, where basically, I'm, I, it's a, it's, it's, it's also referred to in economics and game theory as the prisoner's dilemma. You know, if you're in a room and I'm in a room and we're both being interrogated, and the cop tells you, and you know, the cop tells you, hey, Haytham is gonna snitch on you. Okay, but he doesn't know that. But then the cop interrogating you says, or sorry, interrogating me says, Hyman's going to snitch on you, right? The likelihood that I'm going to snitch on you or that you're going to snitch on me is very high or both. 
is very high. It's, it's like a prison. Like so it's not high we, with me. Huh? I'm not, oh hell yeah, I'd, I'd dude! I would never snitch, snitch on you, dude. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I'd be in prison with you, bro. We'd be oh, bunk yeah, mates. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so a lot of startups started saying, "Hey, we're taking all of our money out. We would rather, you know, we would much rather have our money in hand and or in a in an institution that isn't." that isn't trying to raise capital at the moment. So startup A sees startup B doing it. Startup B starts doing it. C sees A and B doing it. And they're like, uh, yeah, we're supposed... So that's what what's called a run on the bank. When you have people withdrawing, I think it was like $42 billion in the span of like 12 hours. That's a lot of trend. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of transactions. It, it basically just brought the bank to its knees. And on Friday, it all came to a head when the FDIC took control of the bank. And so that's what happened. How we got there, though, tells us a lot because Silicon Valley Bank, the CEO, I forgot his name, uh, something Becker, George Becker or something like that. He... In 2015, okay, after the 2008, like, financial crisis, okay, you were too young to remember that, but, you know, after that 2008 financial crisis, Congress enacted, after they bailed out a bunch of these banks, after they did, a, like, a, like, a, like, just banks started acquiring each other, Washington Mutual collapsed. If you don't remember Washington Mutual, that was, it was, it was the bank that my mom banked at. So. I had my first bank account was a Washington Mutual bank account. And I remember Washington Mutual collapsed and I got a letter in the mail saying, you are now a Wells Fargo customer. Welcome to the Wells Fargo family or whatever the hell. Wait, are you serious? I swear to God. Well, Did look. you keep your money though? Yeah, no, no, no. Like I had my money. It's just that Wells Fargo had enough money to acquire Washington Mutual once it... Dude, I had like 500 bucks in the bank. So it's not like, like you know... It was the biggest bank collapse in the history of the United States. It was a huge bank. They had Super Bowl commercials. They sound yeah. familiar. They definitely sound you, familiar. You, you might remember, like, if you saw their logo, you might be like, yeah, like, I kind of remember that. But anyway, so they collapsed. A bunch of uh, Bear Stearns collapsed. Lehman Brothers collapsed. There are all these financial institutions that collapsed. So Congress put into place... A bunch of regulations uh, called, uh, is it Dodd-Frank or Frank Dodd? I don't remember the order. <laughs> um, basically saying that over time, right, if a bank has X amount of money, they have to show that they can pass a certain type of stress test. Basically, among other things, can they handle a run on the bank, right? Because they have so much money. Becker went to, so they enacted, this bill passed in 2010 under Obama. I sent you that one thing. He was a part of Lehman Brothers, right? So there's, yeah. So I'm going to get to that right now because trust me, like we'll get to it. But you're right. The CFO of SVB was, and I think chairman or was a very high up with Lehman Brothers, which collapsed. So he failed upwards? I, so again, like, Trust me, I'm going to get to that. Hold that thought, okay? In 2015, Becker uh, went to Washington, D.C., and here's the real kick in the balls, okay? He went to, lo he went to lobby in Washington, D.C., saying that you guys need to increase the minimum amount required for this stress test for regional banks, Okay. Keep in mind. Hold a regional bank. So SVB is not a national bank. They're oh, not. Oh, so they actually only like for Silicon Valley? So No, no, no. Like what I mean by national bank is they're not doing banking in all 50 states, okay, right? Okay. They're regional. They have, I think they have an office here. I think they have one in Phoenix. And I think they have one in like, like they're not a national bank, right? They're not like Wells Fargo, but they serve a very specific region yeah. generally, right? So he, he went, and in 2016, your boy Trump passed a bill 
that this guy lobbied for saying, we're going to raise the threshold for regional banks to $250 billion. When you say lobby, he legally bribed. Um, so when I say lobby, I mean that he, <laughs> he actually held a fundraiser for Virginia Senator Mark Warner in his Menlo Park home uh, in, in 2016. And after two months after lobbying in Washington, D.C., he Silicon Valley Bank added former Obama Treasury Department official Mary Miller to its board to help them, quote unquote, oversee financial regulatory reforms. And in 2019, Becker was elected to serve on the board of directors at the Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco a post which he left on Friday after Silicon Valley Bank collapsed. I say all this, so now we're going to get into the you and me part of the episode, right? Like, now we have the context, okay? A lot of people right now, the, the messaging is that Silicon Valley Bank is a good bank. It's a necessary institute for startups. We love Silicon Valley Bank. All the people that work there are great. That's fine and good. Okay. I'm sure the customer service that they provided was impeccable. I'm sure they were always, you know, in contact with the startups or whatever. That's the bare minimum. Okay. But <laughs> being a good bank. And people are dissecting this. They're dissecting what happened between Wednesday of this week and Friday of this week. But they're not going back far enough to realize that the cause of this is the same exact thing that caused the 2008 financial crisis. A, deregulation due to lobbying. When they raised that limit to $250 billion, it, they had $209 billion. So they didn't have to prove, they, didn't, they weren't held to the same standard. Okay? And because they weren't held to the same standard and their regional bank, they were able to purchase... Mortgage, these mortgage-backed securities at a different rate than national banks could. Okay? This, this is a problem in this country where you have the businesses, the business, <laughs> where you have businesses going and lobbying for things that they think is better for them, but when it all comes to a head, it's not. They're, they're lobbying, hey, let us play with fire. And then when their hands get burned off, real people are hurt. The, the, I, I, I don't, like, I get that lobbying is a necessary evil in this country. Okay? It's not necessary, no. No, I, I, no, I will like, not agree with you no, on no, that. No, no, no. When I say necessary, I mean, okay. There, are, there is some wisdom you can glean from someone who's running a business in an area you're trying to regulate. Okay? That I understand. What do you, what do you mean? It's why they, they called freaking Mark Zuckerberg to the stand in, in front of Congress to, to grill him about how WhatsApp works. Yeah, but what does that have to do with so, lobbying? So, okay, when I, okay now, when I, say, now I, when I say lobbying, I mean what I'm talking about more specifically is having a relationship with these titans of industry in order to understand... Well, yeah, but that's not lobbying. Yeah, but the part that I don't understand how it's still seen, and, and I don't know, until this part is, is just freaking ousted from our, our real politics society that we live in, until the part where I work at a bank, I want you to deregulate banking, so I'm going to throw you a fundraiser. You know that part needs to stop. You know what's crazy, though? It's not just banking. Literally, our two I'm, episodes. I'm just talking. I, yeah, I agree. No, no. I yeah, agree with like you. Two episodes ago, we just talked about Ohio's uh, East Palestine. Ohio, yeah, yeah. This is like a recurring theme. It's, it like, is. It is a recurring theme. 2008 financial crisis. Yeah. Deregulation of trains. Deregulation of uh, what else? Most industries were deregulated. Yeah. And again, I'm not saying that de. In some things, sure. I guess they don't need to be overregulated. All right. But when, have we ever when, been when you're like talking over about people's livelihoods, it might be a good idea to hold anybody who has that much money, who has that much power, 
to a standard, a very, very, very high standard. Because look at this. Look what's happening right now. Silicon Valley Bank employed 8,000 people. There are 8,000 people who have until, who have 45 days, they were told by the FDIC, you have 45 days to find a new job. Basically, 45 days severance package. I have a quick question. Yeah. So when the FDIC takes over a company, right? Does that, do they ever, do they try, do they just run the company to the ground? Do they try to rebuild it? What, no, what do they, they don't. Do? They don't run the company to the ground. The FDIC is essentially making sure that everybody who deposited money into the bank will get their money. And after after all this shenanigans, does the Silicon Valley is the Silicon Valley Bank like gone forever or does it potentially come back? What what, what how does I that don't work? think there's any coming back from this from a PR perspective. From a business perspective, I think they're done because I think what's gonna happen is they're going to get sold to somebody. JP Morgan, Jamie Dimon. Is this the, so, is this the FDIC selling it or? It, it, the, so the FDIC isn't there to make a profit. The FDIC is there to make sure that they don't take the money and run. Essentially, that there isn't some bad actor in there. Oh, <laughs> speaking of that, the CEO of I forgot to mention this this little like which I'm sure you've heard. The CEO of Silicon Valley Bank sold three million dollars worth of stock two weeks ago. That he owned. Is that a foul play there? Or? The thing is, like I said, he sat on the, the board of the San Francisco Federal Reserve Bank. Is, so he's aware of when interest rate hikes are going to happen. So, so is he going to be like... I don't know what's going to happen to him. And, and honestly, it, it, it sucks because it, it's, it's like one of those things. It's like it is... It is something that needs to be addressed but is it the top priority right now i think they should be able to do it in parallel but i think if you ask a startup right now hey what do you think is going to happen to that ceo they're not going to give a shit they're just going to be like i want my, i want to be able to make payroll i want to pay my employees i don't want to tell my employees you have to find another job or stay and be furloughed or work for free right so, but like, do I, I think some, I think some, some, some heads are going to have to roll. Whose head? I think the CF, I think they're going to try to pin it on the CFO because he basically, like I said, paid with, played with that excess cash in a way that was extremely risky. Like, it just seems like if I'm, if I, like, 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 let's say, I don't know how to, Okay. I, I don't know a good analogy. Like the, the security that they, that, that caused all this to happen, he bought a ton of it or not he, but like he advised or he was in charge of the bank buying a ton of it at a point where it was very hard to see how it would profit when they needed to sell it, right? Like interest rates were so low as interest rates go up, this security goes down. Since interest rates were low, why would you buy this security that's going to decrease in value, right? <sighs> anyway, so that's like... So back yeah. to the FDIC. So when the FDIC takes over and then they make sure that every company The depositor's gets, yeah, money get, is they there. They get their money. Yeah. Does that come out of... The FD, like, does that come out of taxpayer money or is that coming so, out... So Janet Yellen said today that taxpayer so no it doesn't come out of taxpayer money this is this is the part that i'm completely unaware of i think the fdic has some mechanisms in place where it's why like it's insured that you know up until to up until two hundred fifty thousand dollars. that you know like if you and i have a bank account with wells fargo right you see it when you go yeah, deposit yeah. money the fdic insures up to two hundred fifty thousand dollar. Yeah, because uh, i've been seeing around people talking about um, how they feel like we're socializing the losses and then we would profit, uh, I see what you're privatize saying. the profits. So, so the FDIC announced that all depositor money is protected. All okay. of it, not just the $250,000 people. So I think that means that they, because th that's what they've been doing this weekend. They are at Silicon Valley Bank's buildings and they are looking at the books and they're saying, what do we have here? Is it really as bad as it is? And it seems like it's not, but the the value of the stock has tanked. 
And when the bank needs to raise capital, they have to sell stock. So it's kind of one of those things where it's like Silicon Valley Bank, if the FDIC wasn't there, they would basically be driving with three flat tires and the last tire is on its last thread. And the FDIC is there to make sure, hey, let's stop this car right now, figure out what we need to do to change these tires and then sell the car, right? So what's probably going to happen to Silicon Valley Bank is, again, um, another bank is probably going to buy it for pennies on the dollar, right? They're, they're going to acquire it. And I, <laughs> you're, you're going to love this. I actually think that it wouldn't be out of the realm of reality for someone like the Emirates to come in and just buy that bank. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Think of all the startups that that, that, that they'll have. The, there, the, uh, Saudi also is trying to do their whole New Yom 2030. Yeah. This is literally exactly their thing right now. So, so, th- th- so this is like, it's just such a weird, like to me, it's like, well, what did you guys think was going to happen? Like you guys let the, the bonds business get deregulated out of existence in 2008. Literally. Like there, there were so many. Like, I don't know if you remember. Yeah, I remember because you the big short. They were going to like people who, like, died, but they were still getting like. No, it wasn't died. It was it was. <laughs> they knocked on the guy's door. They're like, "Hey, uh, is blah blah home?" And he was like, "You mean my landlord's dog?" And he was like, "Uh, that's the name on the mortgage. Is that your landlord's dog?" And then you know there there was like a stripper who had like six homes. But she like she she wasn't able to pay you the mortgage, but they were giving out because they were making money on putting all these mortgages in into like bonds with other good mortgages. But what eventually happened is the amount of bad mortgages started to represent enough of the bonds that when those bad mortgages failed, the entire bond failed. Right. We're getting into like, 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 so again, this isn't a financial podcast. This is like a, like a Muslim pop culture-ish podcast. So the Muslim part that I want to talk about right now is to me, right? I've always been kind of a fan of Silicon Valley Bank because of the fact that they give no interest loans. The way that they funded startups is kind of the Muslim way to do things. Just the funding start, not the I'm going to take money and go buy mortgage-backed securities that is a risky investment. The Muslim way to do things is if you have a business and I have money, you come to me and say, hey, Tham, give me a hundred bucks. Okay. You have 1,000 dirham. I go to each and I... You're telling me. I make invest in, in investitions of the money. 75,000 Egyptian balance. Are you telling me, brother, that Saudi Arabia... With King Abdul Aziz Bank, yes. can buy Silicon Valley Bank, bro. That the Silicon Valley Islam, Bank is Allah. like peanuts to the royal family. I'm serious. I wouldn't be surprised if they're talking about it right now. As we right now, they're sitting around with their tigers, tigers like licking their toes or something, and they're like, "I'm serious." Like, like with their tigers watching their camel races or whatever. So what the hell these they do? tigers lick my toes? Huh? What? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they're talking about it right now, just like, hey, Silicon Valley Bank, think of all the startups, right? Um, but anyway, so just just the investment part, right? Like, like Islamically, if you have money and, sorry, if I have money and you have an idea, all right? When I come to, and I give you the money, you say, hey, Tham, I need $100, okay? It's between you and me. Hey, I'm going to give you the $100, okay? Islamically, I am only allowed to collect that $100 from you once the investment period is over, right? So the agreement is you give me, or I give you $100, you go start your goat herding business or whatever, right? I don't know why Muslims are still <laughs> You go and start your, your app or whatever, right? Your app becomes successful, all right? Then I... And, and and we agree. We say in a you you, it's a due diligence thing. I have to sit down with you. I have to listen to your idea. If I think it's a bad idea, I'm gonna be like, sorry, go to Abdul Gassim down the street or whatever. Abdul Gassim. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, 
um, and, and, and get money from him. Or if I think it's a good idea, I'm like, okay, I'll give you $100. But in a year, I'm going to want my $100 back. Deal? And then you say, yeah, deal. Right? There's no interest. There's no usury. There's nothing like that. Right? But what would they get out of it then? So I, I think it's a vehicle to prevent, or not prevent, but you know how like we have zakatul, zakatul mal in our, like where if you have money unused for a year, at the end of that lunar cycle, take 2.5% off oh, the yeah. top and you have to give it. Then I'll just zakat. Huh? Then yeah, I'll just zakat. Yeah, so yeah. I, I think it's one of those things that's like, they can see, it's kind of like what Silicon Valley Bank did. They had this excess money. But instead of going and investing, there were no startups for them to invest in. And, you know... Why didn't they just keep the money then? Why, why not just like... Well, well, that's the thing because, like, you know, it, it, it's just... It's a bank. They're supposed to show growth. Right? It's, it's just one of those things that is just like... And again, I am not a financial guru. So I'm sure there are major gaps. But that's my understanding of what happened. And every time I see one of these banks fail because of interest rates, right? And granted, I want to make it very clear. The home skillet, the CFO, whoever made the decision of let's buy all of these, all of these like investments, like all of these uh, mortgage-backed securities, they made a dumb mistake, okay? And I'm not saying that they're not at fault. They're very, very at fault, okay? But again, it's that, it's that interest rate stuff that it just it just keeps coming back and again i we live in a world that's run by interest rates and i'm not i'm not saying we need to change our entire welfare of countries are able to do all that yeah but and like, i, I think is, islamically as well the thing about sorry I, the thing about yeah. these gulf arab countries also cuz i want to use this um they those banks are also owned by the government my question to you is, mm. if the, since the FDIC is already at Silicon Valley Bank, mm. and instead of selling this bank to some foreign entity like Saudi Arabia or the Emirates or selling it to another big like big bank like Wells Fargo or whatever mm. bank mm. is there that's trying to buy it, why doesn't the U.S., since they're already there, why don't they just acquire it? Why don't they like nationalize it, for example? Just like, honestly, why, why wouldn't they? That's, that's the part that like I, I, I don't know enough about the United States financial system to answer. Like, would it, would it not like, because it, it's a regional bank. I, yeah. Like, why would they nationalize a regional bank? Why not? I don't know. Maybe it's too risky. Maybe they just, wouldn't it have enough comf, wouldn't, wouldn't it help every party there or the United States? <laughs> there, there's, there's a lot of very just like common sense solutions that at the end of the day, they're not going to do because some, Powerful like, investment investors are going to be like, upset about it or something. Why I'm saying this is because one of the one of the reasons you said was this guy lobbying. The whole point of him lobbying was so that they can basically make more profit. But if it's mm -hmm. if it's under the the U.S. government, then they don't have a profit motive to begin with, so they wouldn't need to deregulate, right? So yeah, yeah. So I mean, I you know maybe the FDIC will keep control, but I don't think that's what's going to happen because they have a responsibility to investors. They have a responsibility to depositors. They have a responsibility to the employees, right? And in the order, it goes depositors, investors, and then whatever's left over, the employees get, right? And they're gonna they're gonna sell assets if they if there are any in order to make all of that happen. So, and the thing is, like they have the capital, right? The the understanding, the general message is that they have the capital, but the the biggest like. So Sam Altman, actually, um, the this he's the CEO of OpenAI. You know, uh, yeah, who, yeah. ChatGPT. Yeah, he actually gave a bridge loan from his own money to a to a startup, a healthcare startup. So what's that bridge loan? Just like, hey, I'm 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 giving you this loan, to, and once we pass this bridge, you give me back the money. Like no interest, nothing. I don't know what it, it, that's. It depends on the terms. Right, like he might have told them, "I'm gonna charge you ten percent interest," but he comes across as a guy who wouldn't do that. But I don't know. Um, you know, if you would have told me t ten years ago that Elon Musk would be the biggest douche on the planet, I'd been like, "Yeah." But if you told me he would have bought Twitter and ran it into the ground, I would have been like, <laughs> "Okay." 
can't even make a car. He's going to buy Twitter. Okay. If I, uh, but anyway, <laughs> um, but what, what Sam Altman's understanding is that, um, let me just confirm that this is him and not just some weird Sam Altman Stan account. Yeah, this is him. Um, says at this point to be certain of avoiding catastrophe, the FDIC needs to temporarily guarantee all deposits, other solutions might work, but this is the best one. So they need to, so, and, and the FDIC this weekend came out essentially and said, yeah, we're guaranteeing that SVB will be able to cover all deposits. But the problem right now is that nobody wants to put their money in there. And they, they're like, there are places like JP Morgan um, that are, you know, just a lot of people are just like, okay, we're going to go and bank there now. So that's the. Um, and the last thing that I wanted to talk about was the um, <laughs> the nepotism. The nep there's just like it, it's 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 getting to a point where it's just a revolving door, like where it's just like th this the CFO of this company was the guy when Lehman Brothers went down. Why? Why? Well, what did they? Just confused as to why they would why they would hire him in the first place if like he was I, a part of a company that failed. I don't know. I again maybe may, I did don't he know. know someone. Like maybe I I, I I I'm telling you it's nepotism. Like you've been seeing it a lot lately about Hollywood nepotism, right? By the way, the Oscars are tonight. Um, yeah, maybe we could do a segment at the end where we just rate. <laughs> but um. Yeah, it's just a nepotism thing, like where it's like, hey, it's like an old boys club. Like if you went to the same, if you've been through the same crap as, you know, the Lehman Brothers guy and okay, he was there when Lehman Brothers went down, but that was, a, there was a lot outside of his control or whatever. Um, yeah. So those are the three things I really think like, you know, that really need to be reexamined, like the role of interest rates in our financial system. And I get it in today's, I'm not saying that interest rates need to be um, ab like abolished. I mean, obviously Islamically, ideally that would be the case, but you know um, it seems that interest rates are causing, you know, they didn't, they didn't anticipate the interest rates to rise this much this fast. And then uh, you know, the lobbying thing, you know, like the fact that it's still okay for someone who is just blatantly and obviously going to make money off of this. The fact that it's illegal, dude, is yeah. astounding. And honestly. I get it. It's, it's free speech or whatever. It's but not. <laughs> well, of course, it's, it's I mean, bribing. I'm sorry. Currently, it's it's seen as free speech. Yeah, yeah. but it's just blatant bribery. We are the most, whatever. Yeah. Um. No, but I agree. Like, like, it can, like if in a vacuum, you can say, yeah, what's the difference between this and bribery? Um, and then, you know, the last thing is like the nepotism, just like, and these people getting golden parachutes on their way out, they're going to get fat bonuses. This person that I told you that worked at Silicon Valley Bank said that they paid out a bunch of bonuses as well, like on, on Thursday or something. Why like would that. they do that? Just like, you know, like, hey, the bank is going down. You're an executive. No, oh, what? Because of nepotism. It's like, hey, this guy gave me a bonus. When I start my new bank... That funds farts in a jar. The new startup, the new hot startup on TikTok. I'm he's gonna I'm gonna give him a job there because he gave me a fat bonus while the bank was going down. Anyway, um, yeah. So uh, I mean, a little bit more of a serious episode just because this is like a current event, and I just want to you know wanted us to give our take on it. Um, but also a current event is the Oscars. Yeah, so let's just run through it real yeah, quick. Uh, yeah. Um, so best international feature film. Uh, All Quiet on the Western Front. Okay, winner. did you you watch that, right? I did not watch it. Wait, you didn't watch this with us? No. Okay, I'm going to be honest with you. I heard it was good. It was it was very good. All right. Like It's a Netflix uh, one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All I'm right. not a fan per se. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of like war films that try to glorify war. Oh, uh, yeah. Remember when you told me that the movie 1918 was about a they were trying to deliver mail? Yeah, so that's, yeah, that's like I'm saying still, that's like I'm saying still, that's like saying um Inception was about people addicted to sleep. I'm still <laughs> dying on that hill. I did not like 1918. Okay. Extremely boring. That's fine. This was really good. Yeah? I, I enjoyed it. It really it really showed like 
I've never been to war, but it really, I don't know. It was really good. Well, it's based on that book, right? Yeah, in that movie that came out like what in the forties, fifties. Well, yeah, but that movie is based on a book, so. Um, so best director, every okay, everything, everywhere, all at once. That was also a really good movie. Did you watch that? Uh, I'm gonna interrupt you right now. Brendan Fraser. Bro, comeback of like the decade. Wow. I'm really, really happy for him. Yeah, yeah, I know. The comeback of the century, dude. It, seriously. Um, good for him. He even lost like a lot of weight recently. Have you noticed? No, I, th- I think he gained weight. No, 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 no. But recently, recently. No, no, no. Uh, for this role, he gained. <laughs> I know, no, I'm just kidding. No, but like recently. Like he... Have you seen that SNL skit? No. <laughs> like they're, they're, they're making a movie like The Whale. So Brendan Fraser wore a fat suit. Oh, for yeah. the whale, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So I never watched that actually. I, it just came out. Oh. It's like recently, or it we, recently we should, came out. It, it just started streaming. It's apparently a really good movie. Um, <laughs> so they're making a movie like the whale, but instead of having the guy wear a fat suit, he actually gained all the weight. But then the funding for the movie just got pulled, so the guy gained all this weight for movie for for the movie that he's like. <laughs> um. Anyway, so. Yeah, so sorry, you were saying Best Director, Daniel uh, Kwan for Everything Everywhere All at Once. I haven't seen that one yet. Okay, so that one, I'm not going to lie. So I watched that twice. Mm. I watched that once with my brother, mm. and I think I watched it once with my friends. And I'm not going to lie. First off, very funny. It was a very funny movie. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, second, I almost popped a tear at the end, bro. I'm not even going to lie. Even like my friend did, my brother almost did. He talked about it. Really good. Okay. I thought it was an amazing movie. Yeah. Um, best original song, I really don't care like, about that one. Is this in movies? Uh, like, what were I we, have no idea. Or is it just in general? Um, I, I don't know. Best support... Best okay. Uh, what's her name? Jamie Lee Curtis. She was pretty funny. In everything, everywhere? Every, yeah. yeah. Okay. She was like she was definitely like a side character, but like she was funny. Okay. Uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, best animated feature. Um, I, I watched I a little watch bit it. of it and got freaked the hell out, and I just is it a left. horror movie? No, it's just it's just. Do you know who Guillermo del Toro is? Isn't he the guy that made the labyrinth? Yeah, Pan's Labyrinth. The one with not the weird labyrinth. Eye. Labyrinth is a 1980s. No, not that one. I'm talking about the one with like the weird eyes and yeah, the, the eyes and yeah, the he's Spanish really, one. He's a cool director, um, but I don't know about a children's. I don't know if I would trust him to direct a children's movie without giving my kids nightmares. Turning um, red. I watched that. I thought it was okay. Oh, yeah, turning red. I thought it was pretty good. Puss in Boots? Puss in Boots was really good. I, Dude, I feel like a child. What the hell? Okay, so to, for Turning Red, I know well, a lot of people... this is animated, so... I know a lot of people didn't like Turning Red. But, like, um, the thing is, is, like, it's aimed at, like, children. Like... Why didn't they like it? A lot of people were like, yo, it's hella childish. Oh, Because it was very, like... Wait, a cartoon was childish? Yeah, yeah it, was, it was very, like, like Korean pop type. Oh, like, with okay. K- like, K-pop and stuff. Okay. Um, And I guess people just didn't like that. Like... It wasn't my cup of tea per se, but I could see why people would like it. Like, got it. It was it was okay. Um, I just want to say that best supporting actress. I really thought Gary Condon, Carrie Condon, would win for Banshees of Inisherin. Great movie, by the way. I didn't watch that one. Um, okay. Uh, live action short film, An Irish Goodbye. Have not seen it. Best supporting actor, he, he Hui Kwan. Uh, yeah, he I don't was, know if I'm saying okay. his name right. He was really apparently. So he's the kid from. Kid. He was, yeah, as a child, he was in... Indiana Jones? Yes. This is this is the dude from Indiana Jones? Yes, yes. No. And I remember he was talking about it in another interview Oh, right there. my God. He was crying because he was like, he never had a chance after that up until now. And he was like crying about... He got her. like pigeon... Why is there a bear? Oh, are they making fun of cocaine bear? Okay. Okay, I, I, I lied. This guy has the best comeback story. Right there. Dude. Yeah. So I remember there was like a really like. Bro, and if Brendan Fraser wins, this is like the comeback Oscars. This is like a really, like, I remember there was like a really touchy thing he was yeah. talking about. That's, in, well, I'm happy for him. Yeah. By the way, Indiana Jones. I'll be honest, Love I didn't that. watch that to be Yeah, you, yeah. Need, you have to. Um, Best director. I, I could see best that. Best director, everything, everywhere, all at once. Wait, they both won? I think there's two directors. Oh. Okay. Maybe. Um, that guy looks weird. Uh, they need to change his Google picture because that looks like something out of Guillermo del Toro movie. Uh, Banshees of Inisherin's didn't win. I have not watched any of those I've movies. I've heard really good things that. about Tar. Okay, I have not watched any of those other movies. By the way, I was at a wedding a couple weeks ago, 
and there was the San Diego Santa Barbara Film Festival right across the street from us. They were playing a film, and they were interviewing Todd Field, the director of Tar. Really? Yeah, kind of cool. Like you can see everybody. Um, I wanted to say as well, Barry Cogan for the Banshees of Inisherin. I thought he was a lock to win. He's a future star. Okay. You mark my words right now. So well, that's was, the guy who played the uh, the Joker in the new Batman movie. Oh, I I feel like I've seen him somewhere else. Yeah, he he's he, he's he's starting to like, he's starting to like. Uh, uh, he was in that Eternals, the that Marvel movie, the really bad Marvel movie. Okay. He was one of the guys. I didn't think, I think. it was that bad. I remember me. And Everybody my friends, says it's bad. I haven't I seen know, it yet. Me and my friends and my and my brother walked out and we're like, "Yo, it was different than every other Marvel." Oh, okay. And, and we thought that was a W. It okay. wasn't great, but like it was a lot better. Um, best document, best adapted screenplay, women talking. It's probably a movie about my wife. Hey, <laughs> got him. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> I guess this is an unpopular opinion. Glass Onion. I watched it. End of mid. It was predictable. Extremely productive. I was like, oh yeah, oh wow. Here's nice. the thing: it, like, if it was in a like you said in a vacuum, if it was in a vacuum, this was the first Knives Out to come out. I tried say, to pu- pu- no, like if was this like- was the first Knives Out and it was like a Netflix original, I'd be like, okay, this is a pretty good Netflix original. Yeah, but the fact that this was the sequel and mm. you already knew how good the the one f- before it was, mm. and the amount of twist that was. Like this one just kind of was like a great value yeah, brand uh, movie. I, I I watched it. It was a movie. That's all I'm gonna say. It it's was a very film. forgettable. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. The first Knives Out, I think, was a very fun movie for sure. Acting was impeccable. The acting in impeccable. this, yes. No, it was not able to be baked. Beautiful. Um, the the acting in here, like his southern twang in that one, wasn't overacted. Oh, okay. He didn't overdo it. Like with his. What like, did you uh, think of like the political shit? Wait, like what, in this one mean? like you know they tried to do like some political stuff like with covid and stuff like that like oh we're in a mask, again dude uh, i barely remember the movie it was yeah, so forgettable okay. <laughs> yeah, for sure. uh, fair enough um best documentary the elephant whispers hey what's that a movie about my wife hey <laughs> i'm talking about me because i'm fat it's so she whispers to me and i'm an elephant so just want to make that very clear Best original not, screenplay, I everything, would, everywhere. I'm not mad I'm, at that. I'm pissed right now because Banshees of... Like, ah. Okay, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't watch Banshees of, of uh, Irishirim or whatever. Inishirin. Inishirin. Um, I, but everything all at once, I'm not mad that it won. Okay, fair enough. Um, like, I remember when I... Because this came out early last year. Okay. I remember me and my friend, my uh, like, my friends were talking about it. We thought, like, this could definitely be, like, a winner for the Oscars. Okay. Best visual effects, Avatar. Haven't seen it, but I didn't watch I, it. I, I saw some TLDRs, and it like um, best it's the first one, but like yeah, yeah. I, Top Gun Maverick. That was really good, dude. Cool. I watched it. Uh, by the way, the Batman. I just wanted to say, I love that movie. Wait, That's my hell? favorite okay, movie okay. of um, 2022. Okay, the Batman. All Quiet on the Western Front. Visual effects. Yeah. How did was Avatar really that good? Because like all these other movies were great. Like visual effects wise. Um, did you watch Avatar? I didn't. Did you? No. No, me neither. I saw some of like the trailers of it and just yeah, just it looks cool. I, like I can see how uh, how the institution would be like. Yeah, this needs to win. I I can see that, but I wish they took a risk and even Black Panther, which I haven't seen okay, either, but I, I can that. see. Yeah. It. It's not. I feel like disclaimer. Like the, Hamid does not want to be canceled. What are you gonna say about no, Black Panther? No, no, no. <laughs> I didn't like Chadwick it, Boseman died. I like, I like the first one. Shit. The second one I thought was just kind of lame. <laughs> okay. Um, but what I'm saying is like it's not really fair to compare like All Quiet on the Western Front and Top Gun Maverick. No, I, I know like, what you're saying. Those are gonna be those. Those are really real. Like those are like a lot more practical effects. Okay. So then you're putting yourself up against Avatar, yeah, like, which is basically top, an animated top, film. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, I mean, it's visual effects. So yeah. I mean, no, but I, I see what you're saying. Like Top Gun, like a lot of those stunts that Tom those Cruise are like, probably those did. Those are real. And also All Quiet on the Western Front, so World War One, bro. Yeah. Not much visual effects. Yeah, yeah. And you're um, going against like a, a freaking anime, basically. Yeah. Fair enough. But I can see why it yeah. worked. Best animated short film, The Boy, The Mole, The Fox, and The Horse. And I want you to read the film on the top column right next to it. My Year of Dicks. My Year of Dicks. Can you please click on... Hold on. I just want to know what this movie's about. I, I, I just want to know if I can tell from the poster. Okay, yeah. It's exactly what you think it is. It's about somebody's experience throughout a year with... <clears throat> stuff um <laughs> best original score 
really? all applied on the okay. western front okay. i don't remember the music from that one really okay yeah, i don't I, i'm gonna be honest i don't know if it was great because i honestly don't remember okay cinematography um the music was kind of cool i mean I like it was, I, wasn't that i've watched three of those everything mm -hmm. everywhere oh two of those and hey babylon babylon uh that movie i heard was cringe really what yeah. was it about i have no idea but yeah i've only seen two of those movies and i don't really remember the music from either okay um best cinematography all quiet on the western front fair i see that war war movies usually win that okay actually very fair yeah yeah the cinematography on that movie was freaking okay crazy uh makeup and hairstyling i don't know Ooh, empire of light is by roger deakins roger deakins is the same guy who did the cinematography for blade runner 2049 which i know you don't like yeah and we're that's not another, gonna get apparently that. that's another Hot take. Let's just put it this way: you would you would be the founder of a company called Farts in a Jar. Yeah, I wasn't because a fan. of that It was take. too long, dude. It was a beautiful movie. It was, but cinematography it wise, it good. It okay, really okay. Good. At least we can agree on that. Um, makeup and dude, I need to, uh, we need to watch the whale. I haven't watched it. The whale, okay, fair Best enough. Makeup, of course. I mean, you're gonna have a Marvel movie up there, Black Panther. I wish. <sighs> uh, the Batman. I don't know why that's there. Yeah, well, why is all um, quiet on the Western Wakanda, Front? There? Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, okay. Elvis, I thought would be the I winner. I watched that. Well, did you watch it? Was it good? I watched most of it. Was it good? It was decent. It I was, heard I it mean, was boring. It, um, it is a slow burn for sure. It is like one of those movies that you're just like, okay. But it's like kind of like because you know what happens, but it's kind of like the little things along the way that kind of keep it going. I'm honestly glad that I'm not seeing too many Marvel movies up here because, like, well, there were only like three, right? They release like what about Ant Man Quantumania? Dude, they release like three a month. <laughs> uh, best costume, uh, Wakanda oh, dude, Forever. Just talking about Marvel, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, oh. <laughs> uh, I I don't know why Elvis why didn't win this one. Why is everything morning. everywhere at once there? Because she has the eyeball, doesn't but, she? That's 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 genius costume design. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, best film editing everywhere, everywhere, all, blah, blah, everything, film everywhere. Editing? Like, yeah. Film editing, like how they edited it, how they spliced things together. I, I and guess all that jazz. It, it was all like in, in like an IRS building. The entire movie took place in an IRS building. Everything, everywhere, all at once. <laughs> yeah. For real, it's it all took place in an yeah. IRS building and a restaurant or a cleaner. Okay. Production design. Really, Top oh. Gun didn't win that best film editing. That was. Hmm. Everything, yeah. everywhere, all at once again. Production design. Okay. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, that's all quiet on the western Best sound. Top Gun. That's see, so okay. weird because freaking war movies always win that category. Well, I'm assuming because there's so explosions. many explosions. Yeah, I, I think it's the same thing with like the whole costume design. It'll probably be like a superhero movie, and mm -hmm. then with the animation, it's probably mm -hmm. gonna be like the most animated movie is gonna win. Okay. Um. Did you watch? Did you watch Top Gun? No. Oh, dude. I remember you. I watched came, it in theaters. You Bro. came back with a, and you had a very renewed sense of patriotism. No, no, no. Okay. I, I obviously it's a joke, but like, yeah, um, it was really good. It was really good. Oh, it's official! Brendan Fraser, best actor. Damn, what a comeback! Holy moly! Who won best actress? Go up. Um, best actor. They didn't announce. Oh, are they announcing best act? They announcing best actress later. I thought best actor was the last. Oh no, best picture is usually the last one. Just do control. Oh, best actress. Okay, it's still. Um, I'm gonna make a. I'm gonna make a prediction and say it's gonna be Michelle Yeoh. Michelle Yeoh. She was actually really well. Yeah, that was really good. I oh, also, that's the, to be fair, that was the only movie I watched. That I was. also wouldn't be surprised if Kate Blanchett won it for Tar. Everybody who has seen Tar was it blonde. Uh, it's the movie about Marilyn Monroe. The Netflix one. Yeah, they didn't do Best Picture yet. Come on, y'all. Come on, fam. Who won the Best Picture, mate? All right, best picture. Who do you think is gonna win this one? Okay, so there's best picture and best act, uh, best actress remaining. Best picture: Top Gun, Everything Everywhere, Triangle of Sadness. Haven't seen it. All Quiet. Need to see it. Hey, best picture. Women talking. What is it? A movie about my wife? Hey. <laughs> uh, Banshees. <sighs> I'll be Man. honest with you. I've only watched two of the movies up there. I really three hope Avatar doesn't win. I've I, only watched three of the movies up there. No way, Avatar wins. Um, this. I've heard shit about Avatar, so there's no way they could win. Dude, but yeah, I mean, it's... I think... 
I think All Quiet on the Western Front was just like a very... Best uh, picture. Everything everywhere. Oh, wow. Damn. Yeah. As I was saying. Dude, I thought that nice. Just, High I, five, dude. Good I think, prediction. I think it was just the, the fact that it was like... That's dope. Emotional, but at the same time funny. Yeah, I heard it was super emotional at the end. Um, yeah. Is Best Actress? No, it was probably next. Uh, yeah, Best Actress is the last one. Should we stay around for Best Actress? Well, it's the last one, right? Might as well. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna, probably going to be in like another five minutes, though. Which is... Who, who's up there? Okay. <laughs> Um, a- Andrea Rise Riseborough. So I've never- only watched one of those movies, and it was just Michelle Yeoh. She was also oh, I thought in. Going to say Blonde. No, it was the everything. <laughs> <laughs> but I've also seen her in. Uh, she was in another. She was in Shang Chi. Shang Chi. Oh, really? One. Was she the mom? No, she was. Uh... Wait, was she? No, she was the aunt. Oh, okay. She just played like a very. Uh... Your girl Michelle Yo, yo best actress. Yo, let's dude. go, dude. I got like, you got you got it, dude. Dude, congrats. To be fair, she was the only one I watched. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. So, what movies are gonna watch this year? So I can bet on them. So I've so far, so far, <laughs> what have what have we watched this year? That movie, uh, Missing. Missing. What about Megan? The dude, robot Megan, one. Dude, that movie was, was ass. <laughs> I watched it the first time I watched it I'm like yo this is really good but then after watching it again yeah it's just uh, it's, I, it's I was watching it I was movie. just like eh it's, inter- it's, it's just funny ex machina yeah but like less the stupid less <laughs> production yeah anyway um, that's the Oscar wrap up anyway um, this was a midweek treat for you guys yeah, a long one uh, yeah um, also um, keep keep tuned for uh, stay tuned for some social media stuff that we might be announcing we soon we might start videoing yeah, look out! For, you might have to look out for us on YouTube Shorts one day. You know, you start seeing us. Finally, see what we look like. Um, also, if you guys can give us some feedback, yeah, much obliged. Dude, drop some to, feedback. What if you're watching to on Spotify? About, leave a leave a question leave a answer. Like, what what do you want us to talk about? Stuff like that. For sure. Do we share the email? Yeah. What is it? Okay, we'll share it next time. Yeah. Anyway, all right, guys. Uh, Till next one. Peace out.